0: Hello, Epic Destination. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the road this week. Merry Christmas to everyone. I'm on the road like many of you are. Hope we can provide you with some enjoyment for your trip or this Christmas season. Join me like he does each week. It's the co-host of this program, Mr. Stone LeBanowitz. Stone's down in Florida. Stone much warmer down there than it is where I am and where a lot of our listeners are. So I hope you're enjoying that. And now we know, Mr. LeBanowitz, who it's going to be down there with us in Frisco, Texas. Should be a hell of a matchup.
1: Yeah. And it was the two teams that we predicted to make it to Frisco when the playoff field was set. So pumped about that. We were dialed in on what we thought was going to happen. Both of these teams performed really, really well. And I'm excited because I think. The matchup is perfect, to be quite frank. It, two contrasting styles, two really good quarterbacks, so I'm happy. Nothing to complain about. I think both teams put up a fight. I
0: cannot wait. Speaking of putting up a fight, the U. Albany Great Danes didn't put up one of those last week against number one South Dakota State. They lost 59 to nothing. And you know, this game was over with in the first quarter. All thought and said that U. Albany was going to have to withstand that opening blitz. From South Dakota State, they got absolutely shellacked by number one South Dakota State, 59 to nothing. South Dakota State rolled up 556 yards of total offense, including 220 on the ground, 336 through the air. And Stone, a lot of those starters were not in there midway through the second half. This game could have been 80 to nothing, and they could have run up 800 yards of total offense. The Jackrabbits were just that good in their fifty-nine to nothing victory over you, Albany. Yeah,
1: five hundred plus yards of total offense in a semifinal game. That alone
0: is ridiculous. Just
1: ran albany out of brookings and ran reese poffenbarger out of albany he hit the transfer portal that's how bad he got his ass whipped 59-0 this game wasn't close and it was a kevin marshall classic and the reason that i say that is all three phases got involved the special teamers making a difference here obviously tucker large i feel like his punt return where he found pay dirt kind of was the nail in the coffin in this game it was funny though because albany did get into Jackrabbit territory on his very first possession and you thought okay this is what we thought was gonna happen and at least we did we thought reese Poffenbarger in this albany offense that they were going to do some damage at least that they were going to put some points up well that was not the case it was a slacking from start to finish but i want to go back to what you started with 500 plus yards of total offense in a semifinal game come on man give me a break
0: and you know sometimes time of possession means something right you know it's one of those stats that people point to and they can hold on to the ball heck i even said it just three minutes ago well you get me 59 to nothing if you're you Albany and you had the ball for 32 minutes and 12 seconds and South Dakota state had it for 27 minutes and 48 seconds. <laughs> so, you know, that's one of those things where you just go, wow, that stat meant absolutely nothing at all ranowski 15 completions 265 yards and three touchdowns which is pretty cool considering you're going to sit down with him in just a couple minutes in segment three he's our northwestern mutual out lemonade stand honorary captain of the week looking forward to that it was just an all-around effort there Stone. when you have mark ranowski doing what he did Isaiah Davis, running for 107 yards, averaged 7.1 yards a carry. And Mark Ranowski. heck, he just chipped in 50 yards on the ground uh, with an average of 10 yards a rush. Just an outstanding effort by the offense, and the defense shut them out. And you could tell that keeping that shutout meant something, even to those second-teamers that, that were in that ballgame stone. They wanted that goose egg, and they wanted it badly.
1: And they got it, right? They executed it. You talked about the starters not even being in the lineup. I think the thing that stands out to me, though, is they set a pro- program record for most points in a postseason game with 59 like just when you think they couldn't get better they do they elevate their game I mentioned it two seconds ago and I said I don't know if having fun for them is frightening for the FCS well it is because everybody's getting involved when you look at Jaden Yankee, 151 yards on six catches Hines ending the night with four receptions and 50 yards like he's getting everybody involved and he only had 15 completions obviously not even finishing the football game Hunter Dustman money all of these. these. These guys are getting involved. I talked about three phases already. Montana seems to be doing it with their explosive players. South Dakota State just does it each in every which way. Uh, Again, scary stuff from the Bunnies, man.
0: And you mentioned Jaden Yonke. We got guys who we respect who do Jackrabbit shows pulling out the Randy Moss card talking about the way he performed. You know, he, he was Randy Moss at Marshall-esque, They said. Now, I think that's some hyperbole a little bit, Stone, but I don't blame them for their exuberance, sir. Guys played well. Zach Hines, I mean, it's it's pick your poison with these Jackrabbits. Try to stop the run. You're not going to be able to really do that. Try to slow down to wide receivers. Okay, then here's Hines across the middle. This team just doesn't have a weakness, and it's scary. And in the other semifinal matchup, this was a hell of a ball game. The number two seed Montana Grizzlies, 31, North Dakota State, 29 and two overtime stone all of that game back and forth back and forth great comeback by the bison i just have to ask the question that i think everybody who watched that game asked themselves when it was over just what in the hell was that ndsu was doing on that two-point conversion play (laughs) how can you do that when your identity is we line up we run the ball offensive line toughness done it all day starting to wear the grizz defense out and then you do that Yikes.
1: When I think about it from how it came down the line and how the play gets called, obviously you have your two point plays on your sheet. And, and I question, okay, for fans, and in the moment, I felt prisoner to this, thinking that it was the spur of the moment, kind of why would you call that, especially at a time like that? But this was a game on the road. When you wake up in the morning, that continental breakfast, all the players are eating, you're going through your walkthrough before you head to Washington Grizzly Stadium. You're walking through these two-point plays. I know they are for a fact, and this is one of the plays that they're walking through. So everybody on that offense had repped this play multiple times during the week. They had success with it against their defense in practice. They thought that was the time to deploy it, right? They practiced it, so might as well throw it out there. So for that, it makes sense. Like, it didn't surprise the players. They got lined up pretty quickly. But for you to take the ball out of your quarterback's hands in a moment like that, and I talked about how well he was playing down the stretch. He was good. He was good. I mean, the touchdown pass to, I believe it was Eli Green to tie the game, ridiculous ball. Cam Miller in rhythm, no hitch, lets that thing go. And this was a tie ball game. And you thought, oh God, here comes North Dakota. They they have Montana right where they want them. And then all of a sudden, somebody not number seven lined up behind center? Uh, like, at what point did anybody think that that was the time to deploy that certain play? From my perspective, I can't imagine how Cam Miller felt there. Because you didn't even give him a chance. Like, for all the flack that he's taken and all the doubts that there were. And some of them coming from our podcast here at FCS Nation Radio. And I think warranted. I think rightfully so. But to not even give him a chance? That is really, really, really really hard on cam miller it's hard for that offense tyler roll i would imagine at 100 apologies to cam miller but to take the football out of your quarterback's hands in a moment like that i'm not gonna lie i was pretty disgusted
2: in
0: the celebration bowl congratulations to florida a&m they beat howard 30 to 26 in the celebration bowl this was a good ball game stone it had a lot of things in it howard jumped out to a big lead here and florida AM and m came screaming back had a flea flicker there at the end which i thought the most athletic part about that flea flicker wasn't the throw that Musa made, it was him actually catching the ball without even looking at it on the bad throwback to him. You know, that could have been a disaster for the Rat, but it wasn't. It ended up being a long touchdown. This was a good ball game, and Florida A&M showed that we were not wrong with being pretty high on them all season, Stone.
1: They definitely deserved the ranking that we gave them all season i feel like we were pretty high on them and a lot of other groups were not here and it's funny we go from one game where you have one of the most head scratching calls and awfully timed calls imaginable to one of the best time calls that we've seen all season long 546 left in the ball game to take a four point lead just to deploy the flea flicker as soon as you cross the 50 because that is shot territory you got to think something's coming but to do that with five left on the clock when your team is down and, and to be honest they were being outplayed at that moment in time by howard but there's a thing called momentum and the rattlers use that to their advantage the defenses really came to play and i know that sounds funny because you're looking at a final score of 30 to 26 but both of these defenses really came to play and this game was pretty low scoring there was 30 points that got scored in the fourth quarter <laughs> 30 points got scored in the fourth quarter of a celebration bowl uh, from a viewer's perspective there's not really much more you can ask for this thing had fireworks late grand finale was the flea flicker this was an awesome win from florida a&m shout out willie simmons we gave him a lot of love last week he deserved it he earned it also thought in this game there's no way you lose it with the SWAC offensive player of the year the SWAC defensive player of the year and the SWAC coach of the year if you go lose the celebration bowl your season's a failure with, with, with those things that I just read off so Willie and the boys getting it done big time big time big time win and everybody up in Tallahassee celebrating
0: and here are the finalists for the Bill Schwanke Award for excellence in FCS broadcasting for 2023. Chris King, the voice of the Idaho Vandals. Bob Black, the radio voice of the Richmond Spiders. Roger Weiland, play-by-play man for U. Albany Great Danes. John Thayer, the play-by-play man for the South Dakota Coyote. And Mr. Ernest Robinson, the play-by-play voice for the South Carolina State Bulldog. It's time for us to take a quick time out. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network.
2: pocket slings it to the end zone it's caught touchdown south dakota state jackrabbit nation we always want to be the best so try to keep pushing for us me quentin and brian so we can be the best group in the nation
1: Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. I'm going to call this one the grand finale edition of the Alex Lemonade Stand Honorary Captain of the Week. I don't only have one guest. Nor do I have two. I have three alongside me. There are four of us here. The Alex is Lemonade Stand Honorary Captain of the Week. First is the signal caller for the defending national champions. This one's been a long time coming. Going to save the best for last. The winner of 28 in a row, Walter Payton Award finalist. I have like seven others, but I'm just going to skip it and introduce Mr. Mark Gronowski. Mark, thanks so much for giving the show some time this week. Yeah, of
2: course. Thanks for having me on, Stone.
1: Next up is, and I got long intros, guys. I got long intros. Next up is Kristen Hofert Redlinger, Executive Director community relations strategic philanthropy marketing board chair coach leader blah 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 sioux falls northwestern mutual Kristen. thanks so much for giving the show some time this week as well
3: yeah thanks for having me stone
1: and miss jess yasso northwestern mutual sioux falls managing director thank you so much for those of you guys who can't see her face she's kind of rolling her eyes but nonetheless thank you so much for joining the show this week
4: (laughs) what's up man
1: I'm so excited to have you guys on. We're going to get into a whole bunch here. And for the audience out there, stay tuned. There's a lot to come. We're going to break a lot of the stuff down that we have planned. Mark is playing in a national championship game. He already has one under his belt, but they're going back to back, or at least those are their hopes. I wanted to run down kind of what we were doing right? why we're here. For everybody who's been with us up until this point, you've learned. But I feel like I have people on this call who can further break it down. So this partnership started getting these athletes on and them kind of leading the charge in the fight against childhood cancer, using athletes to help us raise funds funds and awareness for you know stomping out cancer it's something that takes over people's lives and and we have a chance to change that right we we have a say guys like Mark using his name image and likeness and preaching to the youth on on why cancer obviously sucks and how we're trying to stomp it out and of course putting together other forces and all of this we are bringing fan bases together right we want them to donate we want them to get involved and the number that I'm looking at right now that we've raised $17,401 and we're not even Done. We have weeks to go. $17,401. I would imagine it gets over the $20,000 mark. Kristen, you can take this one first. And Jess, if you want to follow it up, talk about how the relationship between Northwestern Mutual and Alex's Lemonade Stand, how it started.
3: Uh, so, even before I do that, I will say that there's pledges that you don't see on there. So, Aiden has another $3,400, I think. Wow. Thirty-four dollars $3,500. Uh, and then all the Lemon Top Challenges. So, we are well over 20 for sure by this time. And I'm very excited to see what will end it. So, Northwestern Mutual and Alex's. Northwestern Mutual got involved with Alex's foundation about 11 years ago now and one of the reasons was that childhood cancer in general is severely underfunded with only about four percent of the overall federal funding going to childhood cancer. So we saw this amazing opportunity to come together as an organization and as a country really rally behind a cause that you know saves our kids' lives. And a lot of us have personal stories with child, uh, childhood cancer as well as clients with childhood cancer. And so we just felt like as an organization, this was a chance for us to really do something and make a difference and hopefully at some point end cancer and find a cure.
1: Jess, is there anything to add to that? Yeah. Is there anything that she missed? You
4: know, I think it's just really important to know that Northwestern Mutual is doing a ton of work in this space. We've donated over $50 million to the cause overall and um, over 600,000 hours um, of research through the partnership that we have with Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. So we're really rallying behind this cause, uh, both with time and energy. And if it wasn't for incredible things like what we're doing with Mark and our other athletes, this is what really propels us forward to, to publicly put out that we're working on coming up with a cause.
1: Yeah, I wanted to give this spiel. This is something that I think our audience, if they haven't had a chance to donate, or let alone visit our website or Alex's website or Northwestern Mutual, you guys promote this obviously. But when she was one, Alex Lemonade Stand and its founder, Alex Scott, was diagnosed with noroblastoma. Following her fourth birthday, Alex told her parents she wanted to open a lemonade stand. Her goal was to raise money to give to doctors so they could find a cure for childhood cancer. Northwestern Mutual and FCS Nation Radio, we've teamed up to help raise funds for Alex Lemonade Stand and its foundation. Each player, Mark included, is dedicating their season to help kids with cancer. You can help, like I mentioned earlier, by donating and, like Kristen said, by pledging a dollar amount. By clicking the athlete you want to support, the money you donate will pay for research to find better treatments and cures for childhood cancer. You can help kids and their family by providing Desperately Needed Hope. Well, guess what? We can provide the hope as well. And we're doing that through Mark. Kristen, you take this one first and Jess and then Mark get in. Why is it important that athletes are at the forefront of this partnership?
3: Having athletes at the forefront of this partnership really opens the door to more people just knowing about it. The The following that athletes have is incredible. I mean, Mark, even when we were at the event this last week, the amount of kids that were so excited to be you was crazy. And I think... You know, when we think about the impact that we want to make at Northwestern Mutual, we often talk about investing in the next generation of leaders or investing in the emerging talent. And so to have athletes that already have a platform, that already have a voice that people hear about and listen to, be able to then influence the next generation. I feel like we're setting up just several generations of philanthropic leaders through Mark. And he's been so incredible. And if we're able to do that throughout the country, I mean, there's just nothing that quite does it like like athletics. So thank you, Mark, for doing it. And that's one of the main reasons that we really wanted to work through the athletes specifically.
4: It absolutely inspires giving I love that. my kids are some of the kids that look up to these athletes. My son is nine years old and there is not been a day that the name Mark Granowski has not come out of his name <laughs> since the end of August. Um, you know, I am an SDSU alum. And so it's really fun to be able to see people that we cheer for on the field, also be people that we can cheer for in life. Um, And to be extraordinary in leading in something that is really generously paying it forward for others. And like Kristen said, this is teaching the next generation what it means to lead with a philanthropic heart, what it means to be able to give of your time, talent, and treasure. And I'm so incredibly proud of all of the athletes that have been involved in this cause.
1: And Mark, for you to have a hand in creating change, what does that mean to you personally?
2: Yeah, no, it's really cool. And it's an honor to try and use my platform to uh, try and help make a difference. And um, really in this world, it really only takes really one person to make that difference. And it's really evident on how much of an impact that Alex made by herself through her own foundation and showing that just doing a little bit here and there kind of really just helps move along um, fundraising and um, even just finding the cure for childhood cancer.
1: Yeah, and, and speaking of fundraising, you guys got together in the city of brookings and put on an event obviously hosted by you guys in a restaurant there locally called cubbies talk a little bit about kind of what the goal was and getting some of these athletes together and some of the things that went on in cubbies i we've seen all the pictures it was phenomenal how much money was raised kind of give everybody the lay of the land
3: so the event was super fun there was a little hiccup at the beginning where people thought we were a private event so we didn't have as many people right away and we were kind of curious of what was happening and why we didn't have more people that had come to the event because we had a ton of people say they were coming so i went around to the other section of cubbies with little cards that just said hey you know are you guys STSU fans if so we're, we're doing the lemon top challenge and every single table was there for that and they'd all kind of look <laughs> wow to see if they could come in and did it um but once they found out they could come in and take a picture i mean it was it was just amazing like I, like i mentioned before these little kids their faces light up i mean even okay let's be real it wasn't even just the little kids like the moms <laughs> utilize their kids to be on meet the players. uh, because that was a big thing and even the dads did as well and when i would go around and ask hey do you guys want to take a picture with the players with the lemon top challenge um they look at their kids and i'd say you know i think it, it's probably important for you to be in the picture as well since you're the one that would post it to, to get you know northwestern to donate the ten dollars and they were basically like they said are you making an excuse for me because you can tell that i want to be in the picture yes obviously uh so that was really fun and then for uh, we got cash maybe three or four hundred bucks worth of cash and then again for every lemon top challenge that Taken Northwestern Mutual will donate ten dollars, which I think we probably had a hundred that night, so that would be like another thousand dollars on top of wow. the tons of donations wow. that came in. So that I mean, all of that money, we have no idea how many 11 top challenges happen. And I would say throughout this entire competition, we'll donate up to a hundred thousand dollars. So imagine if every single person out there took the challenge, and we could get that whole hundred thousand dollars, and we could say that this event raised one hundred fifty thousand right. dollars. I mean, it's just the easiest thing. So
1: yeah, I've already talked about, and you guys have as well, why it's important to have athletes at the forefront front, but I think in college football and the landscape that it sits in right now you you hear these three letters thrown around almost willy-nilly NIL. So a lot of these athletes now are getting paid to stay in school, so they say, and they're getting offered this by this guy and this company and all of these things but when you really look, there aren't many initiatives that are, are call to action oriented, right? Where you're getting a player to show his face to the community and do things for the community right? because I'm sure there are not only hundreds but thousands of families affected by the Money that's being donated to Mark, that's being donated to Aiden Bauman. So, with that being said, Jess, I kind of want to ask you what somebody like Mark means to the community of Brookings and the state in South Dakota in itself. Kind of what these athletes mean to these kids and why it's so important that they're out making things happen as well, like Mark is.
4: I think that, you know, whether it's Mark or whether it's any local athlete. Um, you know, the kids in the community really look up to these athletes. Like they are local superheroes, right? They put on their uniform every single week. They go out there, they play the tough game, they make the tough calls, they win or they lose, and they persevere through things that are hard. Um, And they do it with ease. And I think that that's something that Um, One is that as a parent, I'm trying to teach my kids. I think that's probably something that most parents are trying to teach their their children. Um, and, And this is a really cool way for them to be able to use the position that they have as a college athlete to do something for good. Um, And for us to be able to point at them and say, hey, they're not just over here, you know, being a student athlete, just arbitrarily going about their life, but they are actually committed to making a difference. Um, And that I think is a really, really important lesson as we're trying to instill that in our families. So like I said, like, it doesn't matter if it's Mark in Brookings, South Dakota, or if it's another athlete down in Southern Louisiana, Um, I think it's important in every single community.
1: Yeah, this Mark guy that we speak of, his football team has won 28 games in a row they won our national championship last year and this year they're back in frisco texas and we're going to be joining mark we're going to be there the fcs nation radio team the northwestern mutual team from all over the country and all of the different offices that have had a hand in this they'll be there as well as well as some of the alex's lemonade stand and members of that foundation how cool is that and i'm only speaking to jess and Kristen here mark we know how cool it is to win it well we actually don't know how cool it is to win a national championship but you've been there right we get a chance to make this trip out whether it's from a media perspective or some of us just having fun on that sunday when you guys take the field Jess, you kick this one off and then Kristen follow it up but how cool is it that sport is bringing us to an entirely different city to watch a national championship be played and it's all because of this initiative and what we've done and how much help we've given the people how cool is it to see football financial services and media kind of get us there
4: yeah i don't know that this is like an intersection that people would always anticipate, right? right? Like that they would see that like football and financial services and and sports media, like this would always be a thing that would be found together. Um, But I think that this is really, really cool and really fun because it has allowed us to reach, I mean like hundreds of thousands of people that we would not have been able to talk to before about the work of Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation, and um, hopefully what that's doing is it's encouraging people to have a philanthropic heart, to look at something that maybe they haven't drawn their attention to before, um, to maybe look at the website and take a gander at, you know, which athletes ahead, which by the way, sorry, Mark, that Brian is totally roasting (laughs) you. But I do, I think it's really cool because now we're going to have an opportunity to take that to Frisco. um, And we're going to be able to um, use that like while we are there and celebrate together what we've done um, to raise this money and uh, and to give it back to the foundation.
3: Kristen? So, uh, I mean, coming together in Frisco, this is going to be extremely fun and for the athletes specifically, the ones that are not playing in the championship, but that are coming, um, because we will bring some down there, that they, number one, came alongside of us when we didn't really know what we were doing. I mean, Stone, you've been with us since the beginning. Mark, you as well. We we had an idea. Really, our managing partner, Chris Schenkel, had an idea. How can we scale our impact? How can we give back more? What's like the easiest way that we can really make an impact long term? And again, this is generational. I mean, that's the hope anyways. And so now to be able to have uh secured a grant, to be able to bring football players that did this with us down to. Frisco and give them an experience of presenting a check on a, on the field the day before yeah. and just all of that I think it's a really amazing thing because if I was a player it would 100% make sure that I was always a philanthropic leader which obviously they stepped up first so these are those people but this will really give us a chance even to brand it further into the marketing from this again it's not the reason but the marketing from this and people seeing these football players doing this I really truly believe the amount of people that will step up and become philanthropic leaders or at least give is something that we can't even predict at this point so it's just amazing and thank you for doing this
1: with us stone oh absolutely and Kristen, you had mentioned that mark was there from the beginning i want to backtrack a little bit because this summer mark donated his time he was not being paid for any of it he just wanted to be a part of the alex eliminates and the foundations event this summer mark why was this something that you wanted to get involved with when there was nothing in return for
2: you you know i just thought it was really for a good cause and i mean really i Personally, I've never really been impacted by childhood cancer, um, but I my brother has a rare form of epilepsy and some de- developmental disabilities. And I've kind of seen what my parents have gone through with uh, different tre- treatments, hospital visits. And I kind of understand how important this uh, whole foundation is and the, just the research and support um, for kids who have cancer and also just for the parents and siblings who are along the way with them. So um, just kind of understanding how much of an impact just a little, little thing can do um, is really important to me.
1: Yeah, Mark, you just understanding how much weight that carries I think that's a big part of it and we're appreciative that you're here alongside us and, and we can't wait to see you in, in Frisco but when you guys hear Mark talk it's distinguished he's polished he's done it a bunch the internship program that's something that I think is a secret to some who aren't familiar with it but it really shouldn't be it's top five in the country year after year after year and guys like Mark guys who speak like Mark and act like Mark are, are who we're looking for Kristen would you agree with that?
3: 100% people that are driven to succeed people that want a challenge that want a big life that want to. A- accomplish something great. I mean, those are really the people that we're looking for because we provide that at Northwestern Mutual. As you mentioned, our internship is one of the top in the country. And all of the typical um, characteristics that go with an intern that is also an athlete are how we train our people. So I 100%. I would love to have Mark as an intern. He is not uh, at this very moment becoming an intern because he has some other things going on this summer. But Mark, as you know, uh, you'll probably be recruited by the end of all of this, hopefully. So,
1: Jess, is the internship program something that you guys just take a maximum amount of pride in?
4: Dude, it is uh, hands down one of the best developmental tools that we have even for those who decide not to stay with Northwestern Mutual. I think um, one of the things we say to the process is it is just as important to figure out what you're not going to do for the rest of your life as it is to figure out the thing you're going to do. And so we know that one out of every three people who come into our college program are going to stick with Northwestern, but that still means that two of them are going to go out and they're going to find something else to do. And so we want to spend a lot of time and energy in that program developing really good humans. So we pour a lot of time and energy into making sure that they have great business skills and they understand how to market themselves and that they really great build great skills through our program so that they can go out into the business world and be successful at what whatever they choose to do. Um, And we take a ton of pride in being able to have those people walk out of our doors every single year, knowing that they had an awesome experience at Northwestern Mutual, that they did their absolute best, but found something that maybe wasn't for them. And they leave with some really great relationships in their back pocket for whatever comes next in life.
1: I absolutely love that. And I also think it was really well said. Stone Labano with of FCS Nation Radio, having a chat here with a, a group that I've come to love. One, Mr. Mark Granowski. Two, Ms. Jess Yasso and three, Kristen Hofert Redlinger. Uh, again, I'm appreciative of you guys coming on. Let's talk a little bit of football here. Mark, you guys are 14 and O this season. You guys haven't lost the game. Like I said, in 28 of them that you've played January 7th, you look to defend your belt in, 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 becoming national champions year after year. That's something special alone, but Hey, I wanted to kind of dial this down. If there was one reason that you guys are defending your national championship, if there's one reason you guys are in Frisco right now, what would you come up with?
2: Um My number one thing is just the relationships on this team. And I think it all works back all the way from COVID um, when we really couldn't go out and be with anyone else other than our team. We really had to be a really tight-knit team on that that aspect because we were practicing together, having to play games together. And over the past, I guess, four years from then, three and a half years, um, a lot of us just been playing a lot of ball together. So we kind of just know um, how how each other work, what we need to do better at um, to help each other out, how to raise each other's levels in the game. Biggest thing is, is just the relationship, just being able to call out guys when they need to be called out or yeah. praise other, sh- other people. And just the respect goes both ways with everyone on our team. And it's not just all the seniors on our team. I mean, we got a lot, as everyone always talks about, but it's the seniors reaching down to the freshmen and just really creating the culture for everyone to feel involved every single week and i think that's definitely the biggest aspect of um how we've been so good over this last couple years
1: jess Kristen, um <clears throat> i lost a mark in the covid year so <laughs> so th- so th- what are you laughing at <laughs> i didn't I
4: don't, oh, I'm, nothing nothing i, I hate
1: nope. i hate that mark but it, you're <laughs> saying no it's just that it's maybe just we pr- fish, you know maybe hey Maybe we <laughs> propelled you guys. Maybe it was the 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 I the loss that I took that propelled you. Okay, that's fine. That's how I'm going to look at it. You guys barely beat us, and then all of a sudden you're going back to back. Now. That's fine. If I can look at it like that, I can sleep at night. I love that. But too seriously, your answer about relationships is spot on. It's exactly what I was looking for. Talk about that senior-led team that you have right now. There are so many older kids on that team, and you talked about how long you guys have been playing ball together. Talk about how important that is. I know you kind of just touched on it, but it. Is the main talking point with you guys? Like you guys have played yeah. so many football games together. Nobody else in the country has done that. How has that propelled you and helped you guys get here?
2: Yeah, I mean it's huge, and I got to give it up to our coaches too. On just trying to improve on <clears throat> so many different players, and just really investing their time into each other. Because I mean, a lot of these guys on this team are we're walk-ons or one scholarship, wow. one Division One scholarship guys that our coaches really just really invested their time in, try to develop us. And I think that's part of the big thing too, because we can kind of relate on that aspect of things. But the relationship aspect is, I mean, we're always working together. A lot of teams are doing that in the facilities and all that other stuff. But it's kind of on the outside too, that we're always wanting to hang out with each other, wanting to spend time with each other to build those relationships. And it's not always clicks on the team. It's, oh, the freshmen um, aren't doing anything today. They're all stuck in the dorms. Why don't we invite them over and go watch the NDSU and um, Grizz's game and kind of just some of those things and just trying to incorporate everyone on the team so we can kind of build that culture.
1: Well done on there. Uh, I want to talk about your guys' home field advantage. Dana J. Dykhouse, it's become nothing short of an advantage. I think it just, honestly, a lot of teams that have played there can't really handle it. Talk about your guys' environment and how that kind of helps you guys on the weekends.
2: Yeah, no, we, it's awesome. We love we love playing there. I wish we could play there every single week. I mean, you can kind of just see it every single week when all the fans are there. Um, it gets rocking and it's, it's trouble for some offenses out there and you can see that in a bunch of our games this year with a bunch of false starts. I mean, it brings a a lot of juice, and I don't. Th- I don't know if the fans really know how much of an impact they really make on us. Because um, I mean, you can see it sometimes in those other sta- in some other stadiums when the crowd's not really into it, uh, we come out to some slow starts. But when our crowd's rocking right off the bat, feels good. I mean, we really start rolling right away, and uh, it's been a lot of fun this year playing in front of all our uh, fans this year.
1: Jess, Mark mentioned that the crowd brings juice. Uh, are you a part of that bringing juice that he speaks of?
4: Uh, We've been known in my family to go to a game or two. I might have mentioned 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 my son, who is a diehard Jackrabbit, who also has been known to hold a big head or two during a football game, but I will remain as neutral as possible while Kristen holds a giant big head. The screen uh yeah it's it uh, as a like I mentioned I'm an alum and it is it's a great time and we just we really enjoy the environment in Brookings the stadium is super fun and it's it's a great place
2: it was really cool this past weekend and you can feel it over every week when we always have big ga- big games there and it gets packed up there the build up before the game just around town um you can see it in all the tailgates that are outside the stadium you can really just feel the energy build throughout the game day and once that we are running out of the tunnel you can really know that uh, they're here, they're having fun, and it's going to be a rough day for the other team at that point.
1: <laughs> Kristen, how cool is Dana J. Dykhouse?
3: The stadium is amazing, and I, I think we've talked before, Stone. For a semester, I went to the University of Oregon, and the energy almost rivaled that, which is pretty incredible, because I've never gone to really anything, maybe maybe one other school. Oh, no, two. I won't mention who they are, though. Uh, in the Midwest, that has that same energy, but for Brookings, that's a smaller place, it's a smaller town. I mean, it is electric in there, so it's really fun.
1: That crowd and what they're able to do in some of your games, you talked about causing the penalties, right? The false starts. Some of the PIs when some of these kids get nervous. I understand it, and it's really cool to watch. Hey, I mentioned you guys are fourteen and know you You've won twenty eight straight. A huge semifinal win against you, Albany. Mark. Okay we're a bully out there I'm not gonna lie 59 to0 uh, I know you only man the offense so you don't hold them to zero points that was your defense but talk about that game as a whole you know what were some of the key points that Jimmy rogers your head coach touched on after why do you think you guys played such a clean well-rounded football game
2: yeah we were talking about it all week and we were really excited about this game and I think one of the biggest aspects is our offensive line really felt um disrespected really and so did our defensive line just talking about how good their defense was um how good their defensive line was everyone kept talking about BM being the number one defensive line in the country leading in sacks and our offensive line just really wanted to put it to them I mean they let up zero sacks one TFL which was very very impressive against that kind of D line and our D line ended up having a bunch of sacks Quentin Hicks who's also a supporter here with me here and uh, Northwestern Mutual and for Alex's lemonade stand he had a huge day himself but I think it really starts up front with them and once <clears throat> the energy in the building started uh, to rise Um, We ended up scoring on our first drive and I felt like it was kind of like almost an avalanche at that point. And we could really start to see the other team kind of quit a little bit near the end of the game. But when we just started building more energy and kind of the snowball effect um, throughout the game, which was pretty awesome to see.
1: Yeah, I think the snowball uh, effect is very accurate. Isaiah Davis. Uh, reached the century mark 107 yards on the ground I believe in that win against Albany so yeah your offensive line they took it personal and they lashed out 59-0 was the finish there for the semifinal that advanced you guys to Frisco January 7th of course will be there uh, pretty much everybody's going to be watching it's the biggest game of the year obviously it's for the trophy Montana though your opponent is this uh, a team that you guys have already dove into and broken down some of the film or are you guys kind of taking it easy right now focusing on yourselves what you can control
2: yeah we've dove in a little bit into to it i mean we're kind of just as a quarterback room you're kind of just watching a couple of their games so far um not really getting a deep dive into it yet but um this week for us has kind of been more of an improvement week trying to get a, a bunch of the young guys reps um trying to get some rest for the older guys on our team and try to uh, propel our team and not only for this championship game but into the next season because this is kind of like almost like a, a winter camp almost which is kind of cool but um yeah we have we're, we're excited to play them um and it's kind of cool to play a new team you've always heard so right. much Great things about Montana um, and the program that they have up there, and just kind of being able to play them. We we haven't played them as a program in about eight years, I think. So it's kind of a different and cool changeup.
1: Are you calling North Dakota State an old team? <laughs> no, it's just we play them. <laughs> yeah, we, I almost got them. If
2: we would have played them in Frisco, uh, that would have been our fourth time in about a year and a, right. a half, which would have been kind of crazy.
1: No, I, I'm excited for the matchup. Uh, I think it's going to be a really fun game. And of course, we'll be there. We'll be screaming loud and proud. I'll be neutral. I'll probably be wearing a black t shirt. I'm not going to pick a side. That's not my job. Jess, Kristen. They'll be wearing the blue. They'll be wearing the yellow. Hey, we got some things planned in Frisco, guys. Kristen, talk about our itinerary on Saturday. I'm talking about FCS Nation Radio, Northwestern Mutual, Alex Lemonade Stand. We got things planned on Saturday, and they involve being in the stadium. We kind of are taking the field before Mark and before the Montana Grizzlies. What are we doing Saturday?
3: So on Saturday, we are going to do a face-off challenge in Frisco. So all of the athletes that have competed in this competition throughout have been invited to Frisco. We will pay for their travel. The thought is that we're going to do sort of like a tailgate Olympic yard games type challenge. Let's do Um, it. And we'll continue to raise right it's gonna be so fun so we're gonna to continue to raise money the athletes will have a chance to continue to raise money again we'll be able to really showcase that they're philanthropic leaders within their communities and they just des- they deserve to be able to give a check to alex's to give it to the foundation because they've done so much hard work so the day before um and we are going to have our athletes come to this part of it hopefully logistically we'll be able to figure this out um the field and the ncaa are going to allow us to go on the field to do a big check presentation to give the check to the foundation uh, and all so we'll get i guess kind of like your press passes but not probably as fancy stone as the press pass but just to be able to do that with them um, a lot of them will never may never be able to go to the 50 yard line and give a check like this to an organization again and we're just so appreciative that the stadium is letting us that the ncaa is letting us do that and to be able to recognize these players we will do a challenge there's about a 99 percent chance it'll be at the local so that's very exciting and the challenge will be again like think yard games or tailgate olympics something like that with the players competing and then we'll just continue to raise money and it'll be just be a super fun day so we are really really excited to bring everyone back together and again appreciate your partnership and all of this oh also kevin said that he would be willing so hopefully he is because i'm saying it on the radio uh, yeah you're, yeah, i love it tied. yep in the face so for those of you fans out there that have really wanted to pie him in the face because maybe he made a comment about your team that you didn't agree with or he something has. like that money uh, and stone are would you be willing to be pied in the face as well? See now,
1: so so it gets dangerous, okay? Because I I, I think do I can do it. I, I think I can.
3: Don't. The answer kids. is
1: yes, kids. but like it's dangerous with South Dakota State. Like they're not gonna hesitate. It's just gonna it'll be a line. But yes, my answer is yes. Of Come course.
4: On. It's for the kids. Oh, it's for the kids that's fans. what we're doing. That,
1: okay, fair. See? Fair game. For the kids. I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Hey, Chris, and you talk about a check presentation. Listen, there this competition is not over. There are still a list of athletes, and I want to go through those lists of athletes, and I want Mark to send a message to South Dakota State the university, everybody in Brookings, everybody in Sioux Falls, Brian Williams. He's a South Dakota State Jackrabbit. Efton Chisholm, he's a wide receiver at Eastern Washington University. Aiden Bauman, shout out. Big Aiden. Aiden's been phenomenal in this. He's over $1,500 raised. He is a South Dakota Coyote. Mark, of course, uh, just a random stranger we're talking to. We grabbed him off the side of the street. Quentin Hicks, defensive lineman, holds it down in the trenches for South Dakota State. Eli Mostart, a and tough loss last week to the Montana Grizzlies. Eli's been phenomenal. Him and his twin brother kick some behind for the Bison each and every week. Darnell Schillingford, he is a Bryant University defensive lineman. CJ Siegel in the secondary for North Dakota, Zachary Clement signal caller for Southeastern Louisiana State, Zach Anixtad another signal caller, Illinois State University, Matthew Saluka College of Holy Cross. When you hear those names, Mark, because to be quite frank with you, that's some of the best athletes in the country. It, it is like there, there's no disputing it. A lot of those names for the audience out there, they know who those kids are and what schools they go to. When you see your name and hear your name uh, along that list of guys, you know I'm not going to sit here and ask you what feeling comes to mind. I guess just really how cool is it?
2: It's it's really cool. I mean, it feels really special to be a part of this whole organization, trying to just use all our platforms and just having a lot of people know our names. It's really a great, uh, great idea that we've been able to partner with Alex Lemonade Stand and try and make a difference. And
1: donating and pledging is so, so easy. I'm going to give my way of doing it. Kristen, you tell everybody the other ways there are. So, fcsnationradio.com. You can find the link on our Twitter page, but fcsnationradio.com. Right on the right side of the screen, it says Alex Lemonade Stand. You literally click on it and it takes you to its own landing page. It breaks down the partnership and everything that we're doing, why we're doing it, and you click Donate Pledge. And if you just want to check the standings, you can just check the standings and it pops up right there with the amount raised and everything. So quite simple. Step one, fcsnationradio.com. Step two, click on Alex Lemonade saying you can't miss it. Step three, donate. Kristen,
3: any other ways? So you can also participate in the Lemon Top Challenge. And I do want to see with the rankings. We Maybe will go and do an updated ranking because like I mentioned the pledges, it looks like right. FCSU is really ahead, Jackrabbit Nation, but Aiden's right there. And then with the pledges from the lemon top challenge, it's pretty, it's a pretty close game. So I feel like everyone definitely needs to go on and donate, Um, but lemon top challenge, super easy. You just take a picture trying to balance a lemon on your head, actually harder than you think. That is one of the things that we are doing at the event. Um, And once you do, then you just, you have to tag Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation as well as Northwestern Mutual. And then, whichever school that you're going for. So, if it's Jack, it'd be uh, you take SDSU. If it's USD, you take USD. All of the rest of the athletes are amazing, but those are the two in our region. So, I'm just going to mention those two. And then um, at the end of the competition, so this will be on the 5th, we will go through and meet with the schools and they're, they're going to actually help us tally up exactly how much, um, how many people did it. Because Northwestern Mutual will donate $10 for every picture and you can post on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. So, again, it's the easiest thing that you've ever done. Well, maybe not the balancing, but the posting of the picture. <laughs> And you can show that you're supporting kids' cancer as well as your favorite school and athlete. And I would challenge everyone. I mean, that is so easy. So every single person that has a fan favorite in the competition should absolutely at least do that part of it.
1: I am so excited. Up to $100,000. $100, that is. I'm so excited to bring the hashtag Lemon Top Challenge to Frisco. I can't imagine the hundreds of people that we're going to get to participate and obviously the money that comes with that. It's, it's huge stuff. Mark, though, for Jackrabbit Nation, for everybody in the state of South Dakota, Sioux Falls, wherever you're at kind of give them the message and why to donate and why they should i
2: mean there's so many different people that have been impacted by this uh by childhood cancer and i'm sure a lot of people know people whether that's immediate family that's cousins or uh even just friends that have been impacted by this and it's such a just a little thing that you can do whether how much uh, how much money you have how much money you donate does not really matter. As long as you can try and donate just a little bit, um, it always makes an impact or always makes a difference. And as coach Stig says, just go be mad, go make a difference every opportunity that you can. And even if it's just a little bit, as I said before, um, it's always going to help, and I just want to keep pushing. Jackrabbit Nation, we always want to be the best, so try to keep pushing for us, me, Quentin, and Brian, so we can be the best group in the nation.
1: And there you have it, folk. Mark Granowski's pitch to Jackrabbit Nation on why to donate, why he feels like it's important to him, all of that beautifully said and well done, Mark. Guys, that's it. Alex Eliminates, and our honorary captain of the week is Mr. Mark Granowski. Mark, you, sir, thank you for being a part of this.
2: Yeah, of course. I'm very happy to be a part of it. I'm happy that you have me on.
1: And Miss Jess, the managing director, Northwestern Mutual Sioux Falls. Thank you for being a part of this as well.
4: Absolutely. It's been so much fun being here.
1: Kristen, Hofert Redlinger, you've worn many hats in this and I can't wait to see you try to put six of them on when we get to Frisco, Texas. Thank you for being a part of this.
3: It's going to be great. And
1: that's going to do it right now. We have a Frisco preview right after this. We're going to take a quick break and you'll hear from some of our lovely partners spaced out, of course, all through FCS Nation. Stick with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation Radio. Of course on the palmetto radio network
0: and we're back you're listening to fcs nation on the palmetto radio network national championship game matchup is set number one south dakota state versus number two Montana, 7 January, from down there at Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas. We're all gonna be there. We're gonna be real easy to find down there in Frisco, Stone. So everybody who comes, look for us. We wanna meet you, wanna shake hands with you, wanna talk to you, wanna get to know you. This is our favorite weekend of the year, national championship weekend, where everybody's all together. Whether your team is in it or not, get down to Frisco. But Stone, when we talk about the matchup here, I think it's gonna be a good one. And I saw the opening spread was it, 13 and a half points, something like that? Yeah, right around there. Which is a perfect spread, right? Because you've got Jacks fans thinking, we're going to win by more than that. And you're going to have Montana fans who are offended that it's that much. Well, don't take too much to offend Montana fans. Let's just face that. (laughs) There's no way they beat us by that much, they think. So that means it's a perfect spread, right? It's going to bring in money from both sides. Montana can hang in this football game. But I think a lot of things are going to have to go their way if they're going to have an opportunity to win this one, Stone. If that ball goes anywhere near Junior Bergen, fire the special teams coach immediately can't do that cannot allow him to affect the game in the special teams if he's gonna beat you as a wide receiver okay great but you're not gonna beat us with a punt return or a kickoff return it's not gonna happen can't happen those things have to occur i think for montana to have a good opportunity to win this football game jacks have to be bad and the grizz have to be outstanding tell me if i'm wrong here's what
1: i love the most these two fan bases are probably two of the best fan bases that we have in all of the fcs what south dakota state has grown into just ridiculousness. it's become a dynasty it speaks to what stig put in place it speaks to what jimmy rogers is carrying out it speaks to what the seniors are trying to get accomplished this fan base has kind of wrapped their arms around this squad and the city of brookings which is cool and then missoula right we call washington grizzly stadium the mecca of fcs college football and
0: well they call it that i think that's johnson haygood stadium aka the general myself but do go on sir Oh, wow. Um,
1: <laughs> I think Washington Grizzly Stadium is one of the coolest stadiums in all of college football. That's not only the FCS, that's the FBS included. You see tweets all over social media wondering if, if it's a bucket list stadium to attend. And I think it is for the most part. Getting in that stadium is something that I want to do. I know it's up there in your neck of the woods, so we have to check it out. But Missoula, Montana, they treat themselves so seriously. It's one of those teams. There's message board forums where there's fans. Fans that have podcasts in their living rooms. Like they think people are listening to everything they say and watching every move that they make. But you gotta love it. That's why they have 27,000 plus in Washington Grizzly Stadium. That's why they broke the playoff attendance record last week to get it done over the Bison. They needed the help. When, when you asked Clifton McDowell, and I did, you know, what's it like playing there? He said it's electrifying. When you ask Cam Miller what it's like playing there. Cam Miller's taking on plenty of FBS opponents and he says that place is the loudest that he's ever seen. All that stuff is so cool to hear. So I think we have two of the best fan bases in all of college football football two fan bases that sell their stadiums out each and every week and have all season long you absolutely have to love it and moving on to the matchup here I think the spread is pretty sharp I figured it was going to be closer to 10. I'm not complaining it's a free field goal and the hook obviously is sitting out there I'm interested to see where the money's going to go I'm not interested in playing this one because I do think Montana puts up a fight and if you rewind the clock to the very first segment of the show you talked about Bobby Howe and dialing up some blitzes I think that's super important because nobody's really pressured the South Dakota State offensive line. We shouted out that offensive line last week, and, and I said it was the best offensive line that I think the FCS has ever seen. You co-signed on that, and what they do? Well, yeah, they beat Albany 59-0, and Isaiah Davis did whatever he wanted, however he wanted, in whatever fashion that he chose, putting the hit stick on somebody on the goal line. Like, they just had their way, and the 6-5 Hogs have had their way all season long, but you have to put constant pressure on them and make Mark Gronowski beat you with his right arm. You want somebody to shadow Mark and not let him chuck and go on some of those longer down and distances but you also want to stack the box on first and 10 on obvious rundowns where they will give the ball to omar johnson and isaiah davis and i say this each and every week and people might think it's just filler but i really mean it like you have to put teams like south dakota state like you did last week against north dakota state in some of these third and long these awkward situations and just force one of these guys to make a mistake last week Cam Miller really didn't make a mistake but the stakes are higher it's a national championship game if you find yourself in third and fifth. 15 and Zach Luan dials up a shot. You can find a way to get a tipped INT or just pick Mark Gronowski off outright. Like those are the things that are going to help you win this game. And again, saying nothing wise, right? Winning the turnover battle will help you win a football game. But you got to stack the box and you can't let them stay ahead of the chains. You got to put them behind them here. I think this game does come down to what Bobby Howe able to do in regards to stopping South Dakota State's ability to run the football. I really think that's what this game comes down to solely, Kev.
0: Yeah, I just don't see how you get pressure on this guy. Those guys up front are just too good.
1: There's a chance that they're not able to stop South Dakota State's offense, and they're not able to stop their ability to run the football. And the only thing to suffice that— is Montana's ability to score. Again, I feel like I'm saying a lot of blanket statements. Nothing that anybody can't say, Joe Schmo, guy off the side of the street, or somebody who's played professional football. Like, it's just, these are things that you say, but what Montana has on offense and and that skill, and I I cannot wait to hear some of the backlash I'm going to get from Jackrabbit fans for this, and it's kind of my favorite part of the show so far, so I say the
0: best for last. Say, Say it, Stone. Say it, Stone. Say it. Say it.
1: Montana's going to win the explosive
0: play battle, Kev. They of, course have, they are. of course they, they are. They have better yeah, skill players. Are. Wow. wow. Monta- <laughs> I mean, I've heard of doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down on a take. But, man, what's the – I don't know, man. You're a hundred millionaire down on that take, dude. All so, right, well, check I this mean, out. I'll give it to you. At least you're consistent, Lebanowitz. I'll give, give you that <laughs> now.
1: All right, check this out here. I'm going to reword it. South Dakota State's not going to be able to stop Montana skill players, Kev. There's going to be too many explosive plays out there that they're not going to be able to handle. I don't think they're able to get their hands on Junior Bergen. I don't think they're able to get their hands on Clifton McDowell. When he gets outside of the hashes, his eyes stay up. He stays downfield with them. And Keelan White's going to have some big plays as well. Who Clifton has in the backfield, they're dangerous as well. Not as good as, as what South Dakota State has in their backfield. But Clifton's able to distribute the football. I think what Montana has on offense is going to be their best defense. South Dakota State scores, well, you're going to score too. South Dakota State scores, well, you're going to have to score again. So if Clifton and the rest of the boys in Maroon are able to divorce themselves from what South Dakota State's offense is doing to their defense out there and just play their game, I think they got a real shot here, and I'm excited to see it. But ready for this one, Kev? How about this? One more time. Montana's skill players are 10 times the <laughs> state skill players. <laughs> there are going to be two more days for South Dakota State. just what it is. That's just how I feel. How, how, how do you like that?
0: Folks, if there's one thing I know about Stone LeBanowitz. He will not shy away from saying this down there at the local in Frisco. So, if you want to hear all about explosive plays and mm-hmm. and skill players, he's easy to spot. Just don't step on him. He's short. That brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetta Radio Network. FCS Nation is co-hosted and produced by Mr. Stone LeBanowitz. I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall. Thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. I'd like to invite you all right back here next week for another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And like always do, y'all, i like to remind you, the life's a lot like football. you play by the rules, and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.